what the podcast is designed for is really anyone who wants to learn, who wants to hear from others, who wants to take risk, but ultimately who's willing to stop and ask themselves really, really hard questions and then use those responses to be like, I can do this. I have now heard from these people and I know I can transform myself. I can transform my business. What does it take to pursue your vision and innovate in today's digital economy? That's the big question we're here to answer on Decoding Digital, a new podcast about navigating the digital world. Each episode, we invite innovative business leaders and thinkers to share their unique story or perspective on a digital trend that we want to decode. Decoding Digital is hosted by AppDirect co-founder and co-CEO, Dan Sachs. But for our first episode, we decided to put Dan in the hot seat to share his thoughts on why now is a critical time to hear from individuals who are pursuing their vision and succeeding in the digital economy. Let's listen in to Dan as he talks about the podcast with his friend and colleague, Naomi Mbakwe. Uh, well, thank you so much for having me on the pilot episode of Decoding Digital and getting to host this podcast with you. I am super excited to be here. So firstly, just thank you for having me. Thank you, Naomi. Well, let's, why don't we get into it? Um, Dan, you interview a lot of founders um, and what pe- may, many people may not know about you is that you also are a very accomplished founder yourself. You were named to the Forbes 30 under 30 list for enterprise technology. You've built a billion dollar unicorn company, AppDirect, along with your friend and co-founder, Nicholas Demeray, which, you know, 10 years later now reaches 35 million businesses around the world. So before we get into the podcast content, tell me a little bit more about your founder story. I appreciate that, Naomi. So for us, it started back in 2009, uh, actually at the, the height of the Great Recession. And businesses all around the world were struggling. Um, and in fact, my family had a furniture store started by my great grandparents on Main Street in Niagara Falls, Canada called Saks Furniture. And after over 100 years in business, uh, my family had to shut the furniture store down. And I really attributed that to not having access to the technology that would allow us to compete. And at the time, the future of entrepreneurship looked bleak. Um, the idea of Main Street and retail was really struggling. And it wasn't obvious if uh, entrepreneurship would really be a thing of the future. Um, you know, in many in many lenses, you could look at it and say big enterprises are going to take over and everyone's going to be an employee for, you know, 100 big companies. Nick and I uh, at the time had brainstormed previous business ideas, uh, but we're always passionate about this idea of how do we help businesses? And Nick was at Bain & Company at the time in San Francisco, and um, we were we were looking at different technologies and we learned about software as a service in its infancy. And we kind of said, wow, this, you know, SaaS thing. And I think we didn't even know how to pronounce it. We called it S-A-A-S. S-A-A-S. Yeah, exactly. Um, so this S-A-A-S thing seems like it could really help businesses. And it may have, in fact, helped my family's business compete and stay around. Um, and we were big believers that people who can be entrepreneurs um, or intrapreneurs uh, but have that entrepreneurial spirit in any organization and be empowered through technology, they could ultimately um, create an environment where you have a ton of innovation, um, a vibrant work culture, and, and a thriving economy. Yeah, and it's really interesting how you even just mentioned in that like short little excerpt of like the entrepreneurs and the intrapreneurs and how actually both were, uh, both of those, uh, I guess, types, personas, 
need technology and need access to the SAAS um, to be able to really expand and extend their reach. Um, maybe actually, could you touch on that? Like, how do you see an entrepreneur and an entrepreneur um, in their particular personas and how they leverage technology to really drive that? Yeah. So if you recall back to, you know, 2009 pre-cloud days, um, software was clunky, expensive and hard to manage and it would be outdated. So I remember with my family's furniture store, um, one of the biggest purchase decisions we ever made um, was when we bought this uh, software service called, uh, uh, it was called Profit Systems. And I think I was like 13 or 14 and my dad, and my grandfather brought me up for dinner at this restaurant in, uh, in Niagara Falls. And the guy's name was Rick Stark, who was the software salesman, I think from uh, Colorado. And, you know, Rick was selling us on all the value of technology. And my grandfather was like, there's no way I'm buying this software thing. But you know what? I'll let the guy buy me buy me dinner. And at the dinner, Rick was so good at and passionate about selling furniture that he actually sold the waitress a mattress on the spot. And throughout the end of the dinner, my grandfather went from like total skeptic to we're going to mortgage the whole store, make the most expensive purchases we've ever made and buy this technology, which is called Profit Systems. And you know what? It really helped for five years or so, but then it went obsolete and other people outpaced us. Um, and, you know, the, the lesson learned for me was technology can, can be super valuable, um, but A, there's a huge trust issue where you really have to trust the person providing you the software. And it's also not just about the technology, it's how it's adopted and how it transform your, transforms your business culture. Um, so going back to your question around SaaS in the early days, what we saw is a model where you could, you know, try before you, you know, go all in, subscribe. You don't have to worry about uh, building servers or, you know, physical security. Um, everything's, you know, online, accessible from anywhere. Um, you know, as a business owner, you could access your technology, whether you're on vacation or whether you're in another city or at a conference. Um, and these ideas now are really commonplace to us today. Um, but back in the day, that was not at all the way, uh, you know, software or business technology worked. Yeah, no, it's, and it's really interesting how you've then taken that and you're now, we're now in this like digital world, like completely digital and like, you know, hence the title decoding digital, um, would love to understand, like, how did you birth the idea of this podcast? Like, where did the idea start? Was it back in the furniture store in some way, shape or form? But yeah, tell us. Yeah, it's interesting. So one of the things that we're, you know, grateful about is that I, I get to travel around the world and meet, you know, so many incredible people. And you mentioned that the entrepreneur versus entrepreneur. And, you know, what I'd say is while I'm a startup co-founder and, you know, based in Silicon Valley, um, a lot of the people I get to interact with are actually very far away from Silicon Valley. Um, in the early days of our business, I traveled to Japan, Australia, um, all across Europe, LATAM, and really got a global perspective. And one of the, you know, unique points that I recognize is that uh, founders in Silicon Valley all are you know, early adopters, willing to test, experiment a lot of things. But most business owners um, in around the globe are actually very skeptical and need uh, a lot of uh, confidence built and trust and referrals. And then a lot of large organizations, um, we work with many Fortune 500 organizations around the world, um, a lot of those organizations need business cases and, and there's a culture where, you know, innovation they might say that they're innovative companies, but then they don't have the appropriate risk balance to reward someone for taking risk. So I think, I, you know, I sat at the intersection for many years of these small businesses who don't adopt technology, but but maybe could and get value out of it. 
these large organizations that could be a trusted provider to deliver to these small businesses, but definitely like had a risk challenge. And then all these crazy people in uh, Silicon Valley that took extreme risk, but almost couldn't translate as effectively to others around the world. Um, and, you know, one of the first things I learned about technology when I read like a million books um, was Jeff Moore's Crossing the Chasm. And it was around this idea how there's early adopters, then there's, you know, the majority and then laggards. And in many ways, what I recognized is uh, our mission was to help the majority and the laggards figure out this early adopter tech. Um, and, and from speaking to all these people, I realized that everyone speaks somewhat of a different language, but they could all really learn from each other. So in speaking to all these different people, what I recognized even, you know, 10 years later to today, um, there's not really a, a place where you can go where you can hear stories of entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship, founders, Fortune 500 CEOs, um, small business owners. So what we really wanted to do is tell these stories of uh, innovators and um, encourage anyone around the world across any industry, you know, to just uh, be empowered to do the best they can at work and really love embracing innovation at work, regardless of what they do. Dan, I know that from kind of day one, when I met you or heard you speak at Collision Conference to the day that I walked into the doors of AppDirect, like you talk a lot about being vision oriented and kind of what that looks like. Um, how does that play out for you and either perhaps AppDirect or like how it is that you've seen that play out within this particular podcast series? Yeah, thanks, Naomi. So like I said, my favorite question to ask people is like, what's your vision and kind of hear how that evolves. And our vision, you know, really was was a somewhat of a simple one, but very hard to explain. And that was just we want to see a world where businesses uh, and business owners uh, and people at work have easy access to the technology that they need that's going to allow them to thrive. Um, and therefore, you know, we define our vision as making technology accessible globally. And what we meant by that is really this idea that um, technology can be the great uh, equalizer to enable um, people at work to be productive and happy and enable small businesses to thrive and enable entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs to ultimately have the tools to be able to compete and succeed. Um, and hopefully, you know, a business like my family's furniture store could still be in business today if they had these technologies and tools to, to make them stronger. And um, when we, you know, think about this vision, um, what, what people, a lot of people say is like, oh, I can just go, you know, to uh, Staples and buy software off the shelf or Best Buy, or I can go to, you know, online to box.com or Dropbox or whatever it's going to be and sign up. Um, but what, what our belief is, is that today it's ironic because, um, you know, you buy technology, but it's actually like the most old school, hard way to buy things. It's kind of like buying all the pieces of a car separately and then figuring out how to assemble them and then expect that that car is going to, you know, drive as fast as a, you know. Um, and it's kind of crazy if you think about it. Like the way a business, even a medium-sized business, needs to buy their IT, they have to go first subscribe to internet and then a bank account and then they have to get all these different software tools. And they might be using 20, 30, 50 tools. And then they, as you have more employees... There's security issues and no visibility in, in the data. Um, and that fragmentation can be really frustrating. I'm sure everyone at work has the issues around like, oh, I forgot my password or I don't have access to this. And, you know, you also have app fatigue 
where it's like, okay, I'm going to you know use maybe Salesforce for CRM, but if I have to log into like the 10th app or 15th app, I just don't know if I will. And, you know, I think that it's so crazy how archaic, uh, you know, this using business technology is, even though, you know, we're in a digitally transformed era. And one analogy I like to give of that fragmentation turning into a harmonization is the evolution of music. So if you go back to prehistoric times, you know, people could make voices with their, you know, with themselves. And then there were lullabies and, and songs that could be heard across a bonfire. And then, you know, finally, years later, you're able to capture that on a record player um, or the phonograph. And then that evolved into more efficient CDs. And um, what's interesting is like with the advent of the MP3 player, it was really a turning point where you started to have, you know, these songs that could be distributed digitally and you're no longer confined to, you know, 12 songs on a record. Um, but if you think about what happened over the last few years with, uh, with really Spotify, now you can access the world's library of music anywhere you want and pay one monthly fee. You know, you don't have to worry about passwords or going to the record store or whatever it is. But once you have that place where you can use everything you need seamlessly, um, then it starts to work for you. So what's cool about you know Spotify is I can follow friends' playlists, and then Spotify recommends playlists to me, and then that gets intelligent, and it becomes a whole new discovery engine, and I realize that I'm connected with artists that I would have never, uh, never, never otherwise uncovered, and then I can follow those artists and you know see them in live shows or you know in this world virtual conferences. Um, or, or virtual, virtual festivals. But what's, what's amazing about, you know, where music is today is you have, you know, unlimited access to the world's library of information, super easy, super seamless. But if you think about your business technology, it couldn't be further from the truth. You still have to go buy from all these separate vendors, manage different passwords. You have security risks. Every new employee that gets joins the company or leaves, you have to activate and deactivate. All your devices are fragmented. Um, and that's, that's really tough. So really, our vision with AppDirect was to bring together the best of business technology, enable a business to simply uh, subscribe to those services from a trusted advisor, someone that they believe in, um, and ultimately be able to use everything they need in a seamless way with one bill, one password, um, and therefore really have the world's library of uh, business technology and information at their fingertips so they can compete with large organizations. And just as with music, once you have access to this, then it can start working for you where you have data and AI recommending things. Imagine in the business world, if you essentially start having intelligent recommendations of actions you can take to boost your revenue or to save uh, cost, um, that's really when the world can uh, be truly transformed and it can be really fun to interact with your technology to make your business bigger and stronger. And there's no reason why that shouldn't exist. It's just to bring those pieces together into a simple ecosystem is hard. So the stories you're going to hear at Decoding Digital, many of those are um, people who have transformed their organizations um, through using technology um, and have gone through these challenges of building uh, a platform or an ecosystem that can scale around a specific subject. Um, so that's a little bit about you know our vision. Um, and what's funny is we think we're just at the beginning. Uh, we're just at the tip of the iceberg. So with that, entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, like uh, co-founders, small businesses, um, Fortune 500 CEOs, how did you pick the guests on this show? 
So that this is actually something that um, you know stems back from a long time. So when I was seeing success stories in digital transformation, I couldn't pinpoint it, but for years I could meet someone and be like, "This person's going to succeed, and this business is going to thrive," whereas this business is not. And it's funny because what I pinpointed is of all the successful f- stories I've seen and all the failure stories I've seen, it comes down to one persona. And if there's a persona which we call the digital hero, which is someone who has the foresight, the courage, the confidence, the tenacity, there's certain characteristics that they have that just focus on the future and are willing to take the risk. These digital heroes are the ones that were able to transform first themselves, then their vision, then their organization, and then ultimately a broader community. And what was interesting about these digital heroes is they could come and be found at any level of the organization. Sometimes it is the CEO, but sometimes it's a change agent that's um, an entry-level you know, employee that has this idea for something new. Um, sometimes it could be a first-time starter, a startup founder that dropped out of high school, but other times it could be you know, a veteran uh, you know, startup founder who's raised a ton of capital and who's going to do it again. So you know, in all these stories... It was really these characteristics um, that we recognized. And there's so many amazing, diverse voices around industries, geographies, um, all different types of people. And, you know, we really wanted to create the uh, podcast to bring out these hero stories, hear from these digital champions, um, and really inspire others uh, to take action uh, to become an innovator within their own organization or to really transform themselves. Mm, so. So we've got this concept of the digital hero, someone that kind of invokes change and drives that transformation. Um, But why the title decoding digital? Like these digital heroes, are they the ones that are decoding that? Like why the title? Great question. So what we found is that in any digital transformation story, it comes down to specific tactics. And what we really wanted to uncover from speaking to these heroes is specific lessons that they had failures, success stories, um, the characteristics, but also really the data. So if we look at you know similarities and success stories, we recognize that everyone actually starts small to get big. And even if you're you know a fortune 500 company that's you know 30 billion dollars in revenue, every success story that we've seen is one where the digital hero thinks about a specific persona. So it's like I want to sell to this one person and I'm going to focus on getting that first customer. And that's everything I'm going to focus on maniacally. And when you can hear these heroes talk about the personas and talk about the problems they're solving, you realize that what they've done in their own heads is decoded the problem that they have. And all of them share something similar. And that is that they have a clear vision, a vision for the way the world's going to be, and a vision for the way they can show up to change the world to make it a better place. But then they also have a set of clear fundamental principles that allows all the stakeholders around them to align on that vision. And oftentimes that could be a metric. It could be values. It could be um, the stated uh, objectives of the business. But that's really what we wanted to decode. We wanted to listen to these heroes, decode their stories, and be able to give others very tangible uh, advice and actions that they can take in order to transform themselves and transform their businesses in their own right. Mm. 
I have a question coming. I'm going to hold it for a little bit later, but uh, I will say that I did do a little bit of cheating before we got to talking today. And I actually looked up the definition of decode. So I was like, okay, let me see if I can educate myself as I enter into this conversation with Dan. And so the definition of decode as per the Oxford dictionary, because you know, the English, they know what's up when it comes to definitions. It says uh, decode is to convert a coded message into an intelligible language. And I was thinking that part of that process to decode something is like someone looks to find patterns to find that intelligible language, that intelligible messages within something that feels very hidden. Can you shed some light on perhaps some of the patterns or the common patterns, intelligible messages um, that you are seeing as you're having conversations with the guests on the podcast? Well, first of all, really well articulated concept of decoding and that really personifies what we're looking to do. And when you speak to the intelligible messages, what, what we see is that there are common patterns across all digital heroes, and they're honestly hard to pinpoint. At some point, I'd love to actually do a, a, a study on these digital heroes where we, in a data-driven way, look at these unified characteristics and can almost put a plan together. And, and that's part of the decoding digital vision is it can, can go far beyond a podcast, but it can be you know, a research area, a book, et cetera. Um, but in terms of these, you know, similar messages, when, when I step back and, you know, ask people simple questions, you know, what's your vision? What are your values? How do you start? What were the lessons learned? Every single person has a very crisp answer to those, to those questions. And there's also this like infectious energy that they bring to the conversation. And in a pretty short order, I can figure out the people who are going to, you know, have the best odds to succeed versus not. And it has nothing to do with my innate ability to assess talent. It's actually just seeing the patterns. Like you said, decoding the patterns um, and, and from seeing success and failure stories over so many years, including many of you know our own, um, I can see what projects will, will work and what won't. And, you know, I can't be necessarily perfectly precise in it, but we've actually tried to algorithmically look at what um, what innovations at AppDirect or across our partner ecosystem have led to success and what have led to failure? And almost all the time, um, answering a few macro questions can give you a footprint or almost like a blueprint of how this will work. And just like, it's kind of maybe not obvious, but in, in every conversation, if you ask an open-ended question around what's, um, you know, what's someone's vision, um, the hero's actually can very articulately succinctly define that vision in like three words. Um, and then not only that, they can give an elevator pitch version. But then when you start to, to in inspect those questions, you can decode each word and you realize that they have a blueprint that goes many years out that that's flexible, but they have a certain level of conviction in their vision that you just know they're maniacally focused on executing. And it's so encouraging and they're so enthusiastic about it that you almost want to jump in and help them in any way possible. And that conviction is actually the, the biggest difference that I've seen between successes and failures. And what's funny is if you contrast that with the transformations that I've seen fail, it's ones where if I ask, what's your vision of the transformation? They have, you know, they kind of like run on, use a lot of verbose words, use a lot of buzzwords. Oh, I want to use AI and big data to transform SaaS and it's going to take my business and it's going to make it much bigger, but, but it's not precise. And it's, it's not, not like, what does that mean? Yeah. It's like, what does that mean? Um, so I think, you know, when, when, um, when we look at these decoding stories, 
um, it really is about asking the right questions and and looking almost at the patterns that are not obvious um, and, and really taking the time to learn. Now, I don't want you to give too much away about the guests, either themselves or what they've shared, but I would be interested. Do you have any or can you share some like early predictions and insights about what you're hearing and learning from all of these guests who seem to have this digital hero persona, creative vision, very succinct, very articulate um, yeah, can you share some early predictions or learnings that you're seeing from them? So the first I'd say is there's this like insane energy in the room. And even though, you know, we're doing a lot of these virtually, it feels like the people are popping out of the screen and, you know, um, almost like giving me this like amazing personalized you know, sermon and they're just like infected with a higher purpose um, and, and you feel that energy. So I would really say like, the energy is just off the charts and, and, and that's super cool. I think the other insights um, that we'd really glean are that um, if you look to any of these leaders, they all have a very clear vision. They can articulate it. They have very clear values. They can articulate them. And then they're also open to just sharing the craziest stories and learnings and um, really open to taking risk and embracing failure. Um, so it's it's super interesting how like when I start um, each series uh, or episode, I'll have like a script and questions and the, the podcast team has done such incredible research. And, you know, we'll start with the first question like, oh, so tell me about yourself. And then an hour goes by. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but then like when you listen to the, them after, you're like, wow, we really did touch on and decode, you know, specific topics that. Um, are so so kind of interesting and relevant. So I'd say the coolest thing about you know decoding digital is actually nothing about me. Um, it's really about uh, the hearing the hero stories from these great people, but seeing the common patterns in whatever topic they're decoding. Yeah, and we actually haven't touched on that. Like, who is the intended audience of decoding digital, Dan? Like, if you were to you know give me a one line of like who should be listening to this podcast. Decoding digital is for anyone who wants to learn how to transform themselves and transform their businesses. And it could be anyone from a student in high school to someone at the tail end of their career that wants to embrace innovation to a CEO, to a startup founder, uh, to everything in between. And I think what what really connects the fabric of everyone in this you know story is that you need to be able to want to make meaningful change. And that change often starts with yourself. So while this is uh, decoding digital is really focused on the business transformations, what we also uncover is the personal transformations that are required in order to transform a business and get others associated and aligned with the vision. So I think what the podcast is designed for is really anyone who wants to learn who wants to hear from others, who wants to take risk, um, but ultimately who's willing to stop and ask themselves really, really hard questions um, and then use those responses to be like, I can do this. I have now heard from these people and I know I can transform myself. I can transform my business. I can get the dream job I want. I can start the dream company I want. I can innovate and you know make the, the world a better place.
Um, okay, a couple more questions for you, Dan, because I know that there are a few questions that you ask each guest, uh, same question, different guest, and I thought it would be nice for our listeners to know how you would respond to those same questions. So I'm actually going to ask you those. First question, what inspires you most about the work that you do and what impact do you hope it has? In one word, it's people. I'm inspired every day by the amazing people that I get to work with. And um, I'm just so grateful and humbled by the people that I get to interact with. And part of this story uh, and, and the, the origin story behind dig Decoding Digital is just, you know, over the years, we've had these conversations, sometimes in, you know, one on one, sometimes in front of teams, sometimes at our annual conference that Naomi was the best uh, co-host for. And, um, you know, you hear these stories and people are like, wow, you know, I, I, these are stories that I've never heard um, and they're, they're so inspiring. Why don't you, you know, do something about it? And it's funny. So just like we have values in our business, um, me and my wife actually have values and objectives. So like our wedding vows um, were our values, which is positive, present and grateful. Um, so I vowed to be present, positive, present and grateful in all our moments together which is really hard, by the way, to execute on. Uh, but, but we also had objectives, and it's to inspire, experience, and grow. And one of the things that I found is, you know, I'm doing all these things. I'm running, meeting a lot of people, having a lot of stories. Um, but when I thought about, like, this, this objective of inspiring people, um, I do think, you know, there's digital channels today that hadn't existed before where you can reach so many people. Um, so, you know, we thought that decoding digital would be a great way to bring out these stories that we're having behind closed doors or, you know, within our conference, within the AppDirect community, um, but bring these stories out for everyone around the world. What is one piece of advice, Dan, that you would give to a business leader to help them compete in the digital economy? Have conviction in your vision. So first of all, you need to have a vision, have a vision for yourself, have a vision for what you want to do to make the world a better place. And then really make sure that you test your assumptions and build just this crazy conviction. Uh, because starting anything, transforming anything, it's super hard. And you need to be so in love with the idea that during those dark days and long nights and, you know, times when you feel in complete despair that it's not going to work, you need to have something inside your head that's almost irrational that's just telling you, like, this is what you were meant to do. You need to just persevere. Um, so it's all about having a vision, having conviction in it, and just knowing that that becomes your North Star, your true North. Yeah. Not to liken decoding digital to the Michael Jordan documentary series of The Last Dance, but that's exactly what that reminded me of, of just like, you need to have a vision of where you're going. You need to have conviction because it's going to get really hard and people are going to try to throw you off and things aren't going to go the way that you expected them to, but if that's where you're going, there's like really holding fast to that. So I, I digress. I've been finishing that series, which is awesome. Uh, as you look ahead, Dan, what is one word that summarizes how you feel about where we're heading? I feel inspired. I think, uh, you know, from speaking to all these guests, I truly feel inspired uh, to do more, to innovate more, to get the word out. And I think that, you know, even though, and maybe if, if, if we can, let's go back to, you know, that founding story 10 years ago when we were in the height of the Great Recession and businesses around the world were struggling. And there, there could have been this uh, future that um, 
you know, small business doesn't exist. You know, everyone's working at this big, large, you know, uh, or, or organization. And, um, you know, I think that 10 years later, we're in another recession. Um, it's clear that many businesses may not survive. But the future of entrepreneurship, I think, is stronger than ever. If you look back to 2009, there were very few digital entrepreneurs, um, but there were a ton of small businesses on Main Street that were closing their doors. And today, what's fascinating is there are millions of digital entrepreneurs that just with an idea and a computer could start a business that impacts people around the world. And um, it really is the, the, the heartblood of the economy. And um, what... What I like to think about is, you know, if you're a retailer and you were just selling skateboards in person, um, you know, you arguably wouldn't be able to make it through this recession. But if you were a retailer that started an e-commerce shop and started to sell online, you're right now pretty resilient. But even stronger, if you figured out multiple ways to sell through uh, partnerships through syndicating to Shopify stores and Amazon stores and, you know, building online communities, um, your business could be thriving more than ever. Um, and there's a couple stories I have. Actually, one I really want to tell because, um, you know, speaking of me and my wife and our wedding and our vows, um, at our wedding, our florist was this uh, incredible lady that had this amazing energy. Her name's Nisi, and she had a company called uh, Nisi's Enchanted, which was a floral shop. And you go in that shop, and you're like, wow, these are the most beautiful flowers. Um, but COVID hit, and you're thinking like, oh my gosh, how is she going to be able to survive? And she quickly started um, a new segment of her business called Nisi's Express. And um, you can, you know, I'll put it in the show notes, but you can check it out online. And they're the most incredible flowers, you know, shipped to you anywhere, and her business is thriving. Um, you know, another story, or, you know, everyone probably has these stories, but you have your favorite restaurant that, you know, shut down due to COVID, but those that figured out, okay, we can deliver or we can create a new innovative menu, um, they're thriving and you're getting great food and you realize that um, they have resilience. So I think what's so encouraging about the technologies that are out there today um, if you truly embrace digital and you digitally transform, um, is the resilience it builds in business and the fact that it really does provide the opportunity for entrepreneurship to prosper. Um, so even though there's a, a stage of disruption that's pretty unprecedented, um, I'm confident that out of the challenge, you're going to see even more entrepreneurs who may have been people who previously had steady incomes um, but essentially said, okay, right now, because of the economic change, I'm going to take the risk and I'm going to start something. And I think those people are going to be the leaders of the future. So a lot of the timing of decoding digital and launching the podcast now is all about like, what's going to be that next wave of entrepreneurship. And I truly think that, you know, if people look to Silicon Valley and say, okay, they were startup entrepreneurs, you know, in this one location, you know, I maybe not like that because I'm from somewhere else or I look different. What I'd say is the cool thing about the technologies today is you can start a business from anywhere. You can be any age. Uh, you can you can really achieve anything. And the you know if you're resourceful and you embrace digital change, um, you can achieve great things. So I truly think that um, out of this wave um, and out of what's happening in in 2020, we're going to see 10 years out. Um, no strict persona or definition of an entrepreneur other than these hero characteristics. Um, and I think that's what's so exciting about the future. 
Yeah. Well, I know I am super excited to listen and to hear from these digital heroes and to see the transformation uh, and to follow along with the podcast. So Dan, I have one final question for you. It's not a pop quiz question that'll come later, but one final question, just where can people find out more information about the podcast? Like how can they get insight? What channels? So, you know, tell us a bit about the lineup. Where can we tune in and yeah. When can we follow? When's it going live? Definitely. So Decoding Digital is going live uh, in the fall. Um, check it out on your podcast player of choice, Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud. And um, you can sign up for updates and more at decodingdigital.com. Awesome. Well, I know I will be as soon as we wrap this up. But thank you so much, Dan, for having me co-host this pilot episode. I can't wait to see and hear more of the content of Decoding Digital and hopefully do another one of these with you in the future. Thanks. This season on Decoding Digital. I think my biggest piece of advice is like, just get started. <laughs> and here's the thing is you're never going to feel like it's the right time. But by getting going, it's like by jumping in the pool, you have to swim. Try to approach things from a perspective of kindness. The amount of pressure that people are under is immense. Um, the amount of heartbreak going on in our world is immense. It's incredibly easy to be angry at it all the time. And for companies that exist in the 21st century, anyone who thinks like, oh, don't worry, my industry is safe. There's not gonna be any disruption in my business. Like, I mean, it's just, come on, those days are over. Thanks for listening to Decoding Digital. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the show in your favorite podcast player. To learn more, visit decodingdigital.com. Until next time.